This is section four, chapter four and five of Mark Twain's burlesque autobiography and first romance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain's burlesque autobiography and first romance, chapter four, the awful revelation. Time passed on. A settled sadness rested once more upon the countenance of the good duke's daughter. She and Conrad were seen together no more now. The duke grieved at this but as the weeks wore away conrad's color came back to his cheeks and his old-time vivacity to his eye and he administered the government with a clear and steadily ripening wisdom presently a strange whisper began to be heard about the palace it grew louder it spread farther the gossips of the city got hold of it first it swept the dukedom and this is what the whisper said the lady constance hath given birth to a child. When the Lord of Klugenstein heard it, he swung his plumed helmet thrice round his head and shouted, Long live Duke Conrad! For lo, his crown is sure from this day forward. Detson has done his errand well, and the good scoundrel shall be rewarded. And he spread the tidings far and wide, and for eight and forty hours no soul in all the barony but to dance and sing, carouse and illuminate, to celebrate the great event, and all at proud and happy old Klugenstein's expense. End of chapter 4 Chapter 5 The Frightful Catastrophe The trial was at hand. All the great lords and barons of Brandenburg were assembled in the Hall of Justice in the Ducal Palace. No space was left unoccupied where there was room for a spectator to stand or sit. Conrad, clad in purple and ermine, sat in the premier's chair, and on either side sat the great judges of the realm. The old duke had sternly commanded that the trial of his daughter should proceed without favor, and then had taken to his bed broken-hearted. His days were numbered. Poor Conrad had begged, as for his very life, that he might be spared the misery of sitting in judgment upon his cousin's crime, but it did not avail. The saddest heart in all that great assemblage was in Conrad's breast. The gladdest was in his father's, for unknown to his daughter, Conrad, the old Baron Klugenstein was come, and was among the crowd of nobles, triumphant in the swelling fortunes of his house. After the heralds had made due proclamation, and the other preliminaries had followed, the venerable Lord Chief Justice said, "'Prisoner, stand forth!' the unhappy princess rose and stood unveiled before the vast multitude the lord chief justice continued most noble lady before the great judges of this realm it hath been charged and proven that out of holy wedlock your grace hath given birth unto a child and by our ancient law the penalty is death excepting in one sole contingency whereof his grace the acting duke our good lord conrad will advertise you in his solemn sentence now wherefore give heed conrad stretched forth the reluctant sceptre and in the self-same moment the womanly heart beneath his robe yearned pityingly toward the doomed prisoner and the tears came into his eyes he opened his lips to speak but the lord chief justice said quickly not there your grace not there it is not lawful to pronounce judgment upon any of the ducal line save from the ducal throne 
A shudder went to the heart of poor Conrad, and a tremor shook the iron frame of his old father likewise. Conrad had not been crowned. Dared he profane the throne? He hesitated and turned pale with fear. But it must be done. Wondering eyes were already upon him. They would be suspicious eyes if he hesitated longer. He ascended the throne. Presently he stretched forth the scepter again, and said, "'Prisoner, in the name of our sovereign lord, Ulrich, Duke of Brandenburg, I proceed to the solemn duty that hath devolved upon me. Give heed to my words. By the ancient law of the land, except you produce the partner of your guilt and deliver him up to the executioner, you must surely die. Embrace this opportunity.' save yourself while yet you may name the father of your child a solemn hush fell upon the great court a silence so profound that men could hear their own hearts beat then the princess slowly turned with eyes gleaming with hate and pointing her finger straight at conrad said thou art the man an appalling conviction of his helpless, hopeless peril struck a chill to Conrad's heart like the chill of death itself. What power on earth could save him? To disprove the charge, he must reveal that he was a woman. And for an uncrowned woman to sit in the ducal chair was death. At one and the same moment he and his grim old father swooned and fell to the ground. The remainder of this thrilling and eventful story will not be found in this or any other publication, either now or at any future time. The truth is, I have got my hero, or heroine, into such a particularly close place that I do not see how I am ever going to get him or her out of it again, and, therefore, I will wash my hands of the whole business and leave that person to get out the best way that offers, or else stay there. I thought it was going to be easy enough to straighten out that little difficulty, but it looks different now. End of chapter 5 and end of Mark Twain's Burlesque Autobiography and First Romance by Mark Twain Read by John Greenman